What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me here for this Wednesday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We are a Sports Ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB. That's where you get all of our new articles that go up into the draft guide and all new podcasts that come out. All of our new content is at Ethos Fantasy BB. For now, it's going to be draft guide articles. There's also podcasts. Once the regular season starts, there will be regular weekly articles. Some of them coming out a couple of times a week. There will be weather reports that are coming out. Uh, I think it's going to be Monday and Thursday, Sunday, Wednesday kind of thing. Uh, There'll be a pre-week report, and then there'll be one to update it kind of midweek, talk about games that could be postponed. That's just one example of something we've got coming up. We're going to have two-star pitchers. We're going to have all kinds of different features throughout the week, and all of that will be posted at Ethos Fantasy BB. So please do make sure you're checking it out there on Twitter and also at the source at sportsethos.com, the website as well. Now, I don't know if you guys can hear it. Uh, I'm a little bit under the weather today. It it feels like it's been happening kind of regularly uh, over this winter where my throat's just not feeling well. So I'm going to do, I had to call a bit of an audible here, a bit of a Peyton Manning Omaha, if you will. I'm going to be doing another mock draft, and I didn't plan on doing one until later this week or early next week, but it's just a little bit easier uh, to do a mock draft. It'll be a bit of a shorter show as opposed to what I was going to do, which is going to be another team preview. We're going to do another dual team preview where we talk about a couple of teams at once. We'll do that tomorrow. I'll rest up the throat, have some tea, and then we'll get back to that tomorrow. But for today, we're going to do a 10-team mock draft, which I've, I have mixed results with it in the past in terms of like the download numbers. The highest download numbers I get are for, or in terms of mock drafts, are for Yahoo 12-teamers. But we've done a couple of those recently. This is going to be a Yahoo style, but it's going to be a 10-team mock draft. And I think there are a lot of home leagues that do have 10 people in them. Uh, My home league is going to be likely going down from 12 to 10 over on the Yahoo platform because there's a couple people who are no longer interested in baseball. That's what we're doing, growing the game, folks. Uh, The game is really expanding out, but in all seriousness, uh, there are a lot of people who do play in 10-team leagues from the different polls I've done on Twitter and the different people I've talked to in the industry. There are a lot more people that play in 10-teamers than you might think, so... This one is for you if you do play in a 10-teamer. I'm doing it on Fantasy Pros because it's a little bit easier there in terms of timing. Uh, you, can, you, know, you can pause the draft. You don't have to set timers for individual picks, uh, things like that, as opposed to Yahoo, where it's kind of going pretty quickly, where I want to just give, you know, I don't want it to be a long show because I'm not feeling the greatest, but I do want to be able to give a little bit of background on the picks that I'm making at the same time. So we're going to get this one started. I'm drafting from the fifth spot. Again, this is a 10-team league, and I do like drafting from the fifth spot. I do guarantee I get one of my top guys this year. And the first four picks off the board, a little bit different than what I was actually going to be expecting. Uh, it was Aaron Judge, Jose Ramirez, Shohei Otani at three, Acuna at four. I'm going to take Trey Turner. I haven't taken Trey Turner much, if at all, in mock drafts. I think that he is still arguably the number one player. I don't have any shares of, of Trey Turner anywhere, actually, mocks or real drafts. Uh, but he's the guy I'm going to go with here. I really like him as a foundational piece. We just talked about him the other day. Uh, with Brent Hershey yesterday, actually. Uh, we were talking about um, the Phillies. We were doing a Phillies preview, and he was definitely somebody we talked about a lot. And you guys should go listen to that one and listen to Brent's thoughts on him and the Phillies in general if you guys missed yesterday's show. But I'm back on the clock here at 2.06. There's a couple of guys I've wanted to take. I wanted Machado, and he went right in front of me. I'm still going to generally go with my plan, my game plan, all along, which has been to wait on pitching. The earliest I'm probably going to take a pitcher at all this year is like round three and go for like a McClanahan Woodruff type. Haven't really been reaching too far ahead of that up to this point. Um, But here in the second round, 
you know, I've had a lot of Austin Riley shares. I don't really want to go for him again necessarily. I kind of want to wait and go for Aaron Otto at third base. I have to remember not to, well, I have Trey Turner. I don't really need to worry about that so, so much. Oh, they've had a cool little update here um, on Fantasy Pros on the website just showing you the percentage of the chance that the player will be there on a given pick. Like, will Brandon Woodruff be there? I pick 35. There's a 5% chance that he'll come back to me. That's kind of a cool little update that they've got going on there. Um, but here at the 205, it's a little early for second base. I might, you know, I'm going to go with Big Meat Pete. I'm going to go with Big Meat Pete Alonzo. There's a lot to like about him this season. Uh, a lot of people are calling for him to win the MVP. I don't know if I'm that bullish on him, but I'll definitely secure first base. It's another position where you can wait a little bit. Uh, I don't love waiting on it so, so much. So in the third round here, um, I was going to probably go to a second baseman, but I have I have Rafael Devers still there in the third round. I figured he'd be gone probably, but pick 25. Usually he goes about off the board around pick 20. His overall ECR number is 19 on Fantasy Pro. So you know what? Let's go for it. Let's take Rafael Devers here uh, with my third round pick. I think that that sets me up for a very nice little foundation on my roster here. Alonzo, Turner, and Devers. Tons of speed. I've got power mixed in. Batting average will be very good. Now, this is the point where I probably would chance a pitcher. And what the hell do you know? Jacob DeGrom is still sitting there on the board at pick 36. You know what? Let's go take Jacob DeGrom. He's another guy I haven't really exposed myself a lot to in drafts. I mean, I shouldn't shouldn't say a lot. I haven't had any shares of Jacob DeGrom. I feel like he's maybe a little bit expensive. But I'll fool around here, take him in the fourth round. I think that that that's a fair price. If you're getting Jacob DeGrom, even in a 10-teamer in the fourth round, somewhere around pick 40 overall, roughly, uh, you know, 35 to 40, you can't really go wrong with that, I don't think. There's not many players I would prefer on a per-inning basis than DeGrom. He's probably number one. So you're getting him, even though he is probably going to miss some time throughout the season, I think you can be pretty comfortable in taking DeGrom third, fourth round, depending on how big your your league is. Uh, but generally, I'm thinking around pick, beyond pick 30, uh, there's a potential for, for incredible value. Even hell, if he was one of the first round, which he might be by the time we get to main events, there's still a potential for some value with that pick. That's just how good Jacob DeGrom is. Now, here in the fifth round, I am going to go and take a closer. Josh Hader falls so much farther than I think he should in almost all these drafts, so I am going to take him here at pick 45 overall. I don't know why he is still up on the board at this point. People are fading him after last season. It was bad. We've talked about it at length on the podcast. I am not worried about Josh Hader. I am, he's my number one reliever. I would be taking him. If, he, if you can get him in round five every single time, I'd be doing it. My team, I love this mock as much as any mock that I've done, and that, of course, will happen when you're doing a 10-team mock and you're used to doing uh, 12s and 15s. But we have Pete Alonso, Trey Turner, Rafael Devers, Jacob DeGrom, and Josh Hader as my first five players. It's hard not to like that. Second base, I'm taking a look at right now, and it's another position that I do want to get taken care of fairly early Ozzy Albies is still sitting there. Now, another another position I do want to take care of pretty early is second, or excuse me, is outfield. Uh, but there are still a lot of outfield options on the board. Where with second base, after Albies, we're falling until Jimenez and then Edmund and then Torres. I'll, I'll take Albies. I'll take the elite production that I'm hoping that I should be getting here uh, from Ozzy, despite the fact that he missed most of last season. My infield. Alonzo, Albies, Devers, and Turner. I've, I don't know that I've had a team that I liked as much this season. And I've done a couple of 10-team mock drafts. That's about as good as I could possibly hope for. Now I want to start getting some more outfield. Starting pitching is also 
well, starting pitching is interesting. Luis Castillo is still sitting here at pick 65. Um, that might be a nice little backup play just in case DeGrom does get hurt. I am also looking at outfield, and it didn't really thin out too much from last round. So you know what? Let's take Luis Castillo, and I'm hoping to get my guy George Springer in the next round if he comes back to me. And, of course, he got picked almost immediately there. Um, outfielders available to me. You know what? It's about time, folks, that I get a Corbin Carroll share, even though that it is a mock draft. I was listening to the Indus League pod this morning, which is always a must listen. Those guys are fantastic. They had they had Bubba and the Bloom on, and they're talking about Corbin Carroll and if he should be drafted. You know, he's a safe top 55 pick. And their general consensus was, yes, uh, you should be taking that chance in the top 55, roughly about 50 through 55. We're not saying like 30th or something. Uh, but in that range, Corbin Carroll would has a good chance of returning value. At pick 75, uh, I think there's a great chance that he'll return value. So I'm going to take Corbin Carroll here. This is really becoming one of my favorite teams that I've that I've ever drafted at this point. Uh, the the things are the breaks are falling where I hope they will fall uh, to me so far. So that's definitely great. I don't have a catcher yet. There's a one catcher league, so I'd never really feel the need to push them up so much. Here we are, pick 85, and only the top five guys have been taken. Real Muto, Will Smith, Varsho, Sal Perez, and Adley Rutschman. I'll wait a little bit. Uh, I'm perfectly happy to have as far down the board as about Kyle Raleigh as my starting catcher this year. Uh, either him or Tyler Stevenson, who are 11 and 12 in the ECR. And, you know, as Manny Grandal is going so late, he's an afterthought in drafts. Uh, he's somebody that I've ranked higher than most in the industry. He's number 13 for me in terms of catchers. Uh, the last time I updated it, he was 13. It will probably be updated again before the season starts. I think there is a lot of value to be had there. Not necessarily that he is going to smash through, but he's not being drafted as anybody who's worth a shit anymore. And we're just a year removed from from him having a really great power season. He's not going to help you so much in batting average. He'll be a great on base percentage play, and he's in a very good lineup. Like there's a lot to like about Grandal. He's going after Christian Vasquez uh, as a draft pick, or based on the ECR anyway, on Fantasy Pros. That just feels a little bit too low for me. Uh, definitely ahead of Vasquez, definitely ahead of Jonah Heim. Travis Darno is ahead of him. We don't even know how much he's going to play. I don't think it'll be that much. I think it'll be 100 games at most from Darno, and I might be pushing it too. So a lot of guys I am comfortable with farther down the board here, uh, specifically Stevenson, Cal Raleigh, and, and um, Yasmany Grandal are, are pretty big targets of mine this season. Now looking at my team, I probably – Probably could use another relief pitcher here. I could use another closer. Ryan Helsley is still sitting there. Felix Batista is definitely somebody I'm staying away from at the moment. It might be Helsley, guys. It might be Helsley this round because he's kind of the last guy that's – I know it was one elite season, but he's the last kind of elite relief pitcher that is available to me here. Let's go for him. Let's go for Ryan Helsley. I'm pretty happy with that pick. My team is uh, is very, very solid so far. I don't think there's too much risk outside of DeGrom. And, you know, I've taken that risk with him there. There's nobody else that I've really taken that is a huge risk in terms of injury. Like Ozzie Albies, he's, he should be okay now. Those are kind of freak injury, injuries he had last season. And Corbin Carroll, we don't know if he's going to fully flourish the way we're hoping for. But, you know, I think in terms of injury risk, I've done a pretty good job here of building out a safe roster, which, of course, means that all these guys are going to probably get hurt by the third week of the season because that's how it usually works out. But looking at outfield, I do want to I do want to touch back on outfield here. Well, let's take a look at starting pitcher as well. I should I should see who is available to me there. Um, man, I I think outfield is what I'm going to probably do. I could probably wait a round or two and get a few starting pitchers that I really like still. 
Uh, Nick Lodolo is going fairly late here. He's the 39th starting pitcher off the board. Uh, I think I'll take that likely. Uh, Clayton Kershaw as well, 32. And we also have uh, George Kirby going off the board as the 35th SP. Uh, that feels really late to me, so I'll happily take uh, George Kirby there if he falls another round or two. As of right now, you know, here I am talking about how I haven't really had much injury risk on this team so far. So I think that logically means that I should take Byron Buxton. I think that that is what the universe is telling me here. Uh, there is not a lot of risk. Now there is a lot of risk between Buxton and DeGrom. But you know what? The upside, even though he's not going to be stealing bases for you, I have a lot of power on this team. Uh, the batting average will be probably fairly middling, nothing to write home about. But there's a lot that I can still look at with Byron Buxton on a per-game point of view. I don't have his exact numbers up in front of me right this second. But he had like 28 homers in about 100 games last season. Like That's, a, that's an incredible homer pace. If he is healthy, which I'm not banking on, but at the same time, you know, I mentioned this with Brent yesterday, and it was specifically regarding pitchers, but I could be talking about any player. I don't think that the, the baseball industry is very good at identifying what where injuries come from. I don't think sports in general, sports teams, the sports world, and, and commentators, analysts are very good at you know saying, oh, this is you know this is aggravated by this. You avoid this, blah blah blah. It's like if we knew what we were doing in terms of injuries and avoiding them, then there wouldn't be any injuries in sports anymore. But the way the technology has come forward, there would really be so few injuries. If we know what accurately what we were talking about with them, that it wouldn't even be a problem. There'd be so, it'd be so rare. But and that's just my take on it. Maybe there are just things that are beyond our control as individuals to know about about the human body. But I just I just don't think we really know what we're talking about in terms of injuries a lot of the time. And I'm guilty of that as well. I'll say, oh, this guy's injured. You know, he's he's likely to get injured again. It's like who knows if he's likely to get injured again? I don't really know. I don't know if you guys know. Uh, unless you're like an actual doctor going through these this information or examining the players, I don't really know that we are that great at identifying, oh, yes, this is something you stay away from or else you're going to get hurt, blah, blah, blah. I don't know that it really truly is. So I'll take Byron Buxton, hope for the best. That's kind of my way of, of justifying it to myself, I suppose, even though it's a mock draft here. But I'm I'm pretty happy with Byron Buxton. I want to fill out the rest of the outfield, and I think I want to wait a round or two and go for Chris Bryant there as my third outfielder. He's been kind of a target of mine recently. Um, but you know what? I will go, and I will take uh, Clayton Kershaw. George Kirby is still there, but he's lower down the ECR, so I'm hoping that I will be able to get him in the next round. And it looks like he is still, in fact, available. Uh, Chris Bryant is as well. So let's go for Chris Bryant here, and then I'm hoping that the next round I get... Ah, shit, I didn't get Kirby. I wanted Kirby. He went one pick ahead of me. Ah, uh, you son of a bitch. I wanted him. Uh, sorry, about the, sorry about the cursing. Every now and then I, I, will, I will let out a, a bad word or two for those of you who are new to the podcast here. And I usually have a bit more enthusiasm in my voice. Uh, like I said off the top, my throat's uh, not doing the best today. But if you like to take a look at this team, we'll step back and take a look at it here. We have Pete Alonso, Ozzy Albies, Trey Turner, and Raphael Devers in the infield. Corbin Carroll, Byron Buxton, and Chris Bryant in my outfield. Still need to fill up a couple utility slots there. In terms of my starting pitchers, I have Jacob DeGrom, Luis Castillo, and Clayton Kershaw. And I have Josh Hader and Ryan Helsley as my relief arms at the moment. Let's take a look at the catchers that are still available. It's been a couple of rounds since I've really looked at them. Sean Murphy is still sitting there. Tyler Stevenson also there. Uh, Where is... Stevenson in the ECR is still way too low, I think, at 171. Uh, Sean Murphy's ECR is 151. I can probably wait on both of them here and get myself another starting pitcher. And I think at this point of the draft, I will go. Um, 
I'm going to go Logan Gilbert. You know, I talked myself out of Lodolo at the last second there. If he's still there in the next round, then I think I'll take him. But I'm going to go with Logan Gilbert for here. Uh, they're calling it a steal about 20 picks beyond where I should have got him. Thank you very much, Fantasy Pros. Now, let's see if those catchers went off the board. Murphy went off the board. Mm, I do want to secure him. I'll take Tyler Stevenson here, even though it's ahead of ECR. They're going to call it a reach. I don't care. Uh, 83% chance he would have been there on my next pick. I don't care. I, I don't want to be stuck with a bad catcher necessarily. And there are still some guys, like I mentioned, like Cal Raleigh is still there. Um, Yasmany Grandal is still on the board. But it's pretty much just those two at this point. As much as I like them, I don't want to be necessarily like forced to take them. I'd still rather have a bit of an option if if that is possible. And it was possible. So let's take a look now. Uh, Nick Lodolo is still there here at 145 overall. I'll take him here. I think that that's totally reasonable at this point. They're calling it a value pick. Huge pitching run here. A bunch of pitchers go off the board, one after the other. And my team is mostly set at this point. Uh, I do need a couple of utility spots filled in on my roster. Nick Castellanos is still sitting out there. Pick 156. Uh, that's a smash in the utility spot, no question. Uh, he's 109 in the ECR. He should be even higher. He's a guy we talked about yesterday as well uh, with Brent Hershey about he is going to have a good season. Like, There's almost no reason for Nick Castellanos to not have a good season here. Last year was classic first year in a new city, new context kind of uh, season for him. There is no reason to think that Nick Castellanos can't absolutely smash through the projections. So I'm happy to take him here in the 150s. That's a great pick for me. I need one more starting or one more pitcher in general for my roster, one more utility, and then filling up the bench. Oh, man, Grayson Rodriguez, he's going to start getting more expensive. Right now his ECR is 192. Uh, the ADP is 186. I'm going to have to take him in the next round, I think. I think if I want Grayson, I'm going to take him either this round or the next round. I could very, very well take him right here. Uh, but I do want to get that last utility spot kind of secured on my roster. Jorge Polanco, Ryan Mountcastle, Andrew Vaughn uh, looking like the main candidates there. I think I will go with Andrew Vaughn. Uh, he's another guy that I'm very much in on this season. I like to do eligibility. He's an interesting player, and they're calling it a slight reach, and you know what? They can kick rocks because I think that's a good spot for Andrew Vaughn personally in the 160s, 170 range. I think he's going about 140 uh, on NFBC depending on where you're looking, so I'll, I'll take that pick pretty happily. Now I do want to go and get Grayson Rodriguez if he is still sitting there. And this one, I don't care if it is considered to be a bit of a reach again. I pick 176. That's generally, eh, yeah, they are calling it a reach. 71% chance it would have been available two rounds from now. See, Maybe there are, maybe there is, but I feel like Grayson is really pushing up draft boards. I took him at 170 in TGFBI, and that was one off of the min pick. 169 was the minimum picks. I don't know necessarily that you can wait until the 180s and the early 200s for him anymore. Um, I just need to fill out my bench now. The whole roster is constructed at this point. We just need to have some more pitching depth. We need to have one bat. Typically, I like one bat on the bench, the 10-teamer, so... You don't even necessarily need to have a bat on the bench. There is so much value available on the waiver wire. But I think still one bench and uh, and four or one bench. One bat and four arms is what generally makes sense here. John Gray is interesting. There's the injury concern with John Gray, though. So I think I'll go with Alex Cobb, despite the fact that his defense will probably let him down again this season. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Alex Cobb here, even though it's, it's probably a little bit early. I don't care in a 10-teamer. I'll take the guys that I want necessarily, even though, you know, you're drafting 10 teams, 23 players per team. It's 230 picks. Even if you're drafting somebody who wouldn't be taken probably until like ADP of 240, 250, whatever it is. I don't, I'm not sure what Cobb's ADP is off the top of my head. I'll take a look while I'm talking. 
you can feel free to reach in, in certain situations. If it's the last couple of rounds of a draft, if it's a very shallow draft, it also does change the whole equation for you. Uh, especially when you've been absorbing content or you know doing it yourself, 15-team drafts, it's going to change a lot when you go to a 10-teamer. And if there's somebody you really like at you know pick 250, I, I'm fine with that if you take him at 230 because you're not going to have that many draft slots. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to have that many draft slots when it comes to a 10-teamer, and he's going to just go in the free agent pool. Somebody else will take him. Go ahead, reach a round or two, and take your guy there. I have, I have no problem with that whatsoever. Now, I'm looking here at the overall board of who's available. Hunter Renfro, Rowdy Telez, Josh Bell, Brian Hayes, Javi Baez are my options for like that last bench spot. Mm, I think I'm going to go with Hunter Renfro. I like I like that bat in the middle of the Angels lineup. You know, maybe give me 30-ish home runs. Uh, and they're calling it a reach here as well. I don't understand. Pick 196 for Hunter Renfro. Am I crazy? To is that is that a reach? What's his ADP on the NFBC? 145. I don't think that's very much of a reach at all. But I know they're gonna they're gonna shit on this draft. Fantasy Pros is gonna give me like a D for this draft, and I'm just gonna have to wear it. Um, who is available to me still? Reed Detmer is probably the best looking pitcher off the or on the board here. Still, his teammate Patrick Sandoval there as well. There's Miles Michaelis, Jose Barrios, Edward Cabrera. I'm gonna go with Reed Detmer's. I saw a lot of talk about him recently on Twitter as being a huge, huge breakout potential for this season. I'm not personally 100% sold that he's going to blow up or anything like that. I think he can be very, very solid, and he was very good last season once he settled into things. I don't know if he's going to blow up like I've seen some people talk, but I think he's a very solid pick uh, nonetheless. Miles Michaelis, Jose Barrios, uh, there's Sonny Gray, there's Edward Cabrera, who I do have a couple shares of already. Uh, I will go with Jose, Jose Barrios or Edward Cabrera here is my is my question. I think probably I should go um, with Edward Cabrera. He's the guy that... I don't think it's necessarily going to happen, but there's there's talk that maybe this is the year where he turns into uh, Dylan Cease, you know, becomes a carbon copy of Dylan Cease. I'm hoping that is the case, uh, and that is what I've been putting my money into this season. We'll see. Um, I'm going to draft him right here with my second last pick. I think that's totally reasonable area to be getting him in the 220 range. Uh, very happy about that. Now, I need one more pitcher, uh, and I've probably lacked a little bit on saves. Between Hayter and Helsley, I'm probably okay. Let me take a look at the other relief pitchers that are available here. Is there anybody else who's going to get saves for me? Jorge Lopez, Kyle Finnegan, Dylan Floro, Gregory Soto. Um, Jorge Lopez probably does make sense there, but so does Kyle Finnegan. And I think Kyle Finnegan has more of a path to maintaining that role the entire the entire year. Where with Lopez, there's Juan Duran uh, breathing down his neck potentially to take that spot. So I'll take Kyle Finnegan with my last pick, uh, secure myself a few more saves, and I can't wait to see what they tell me about this draft. They're gonna shit on this draft. They gave me an A minus. They gave me an A minus. They usually hate it when they when they tell you that you're going off pace or you're going off base here, and you're taking a guy in the third when you should have taken him in the fourth and all that. It, it's usually a recipe for fantasy pros is about to shit on you, but. A minus consensus of 30 experts. I haven't put my rankings up in the expert consensus rankings yet. They will be there probably, I'm going to say, within a, within, within a week for sure, they'll be up on Fantasy Pros. Um, and maybe I can start, start influencing the way these boards look a little bit. Um, but I'll just rhyme off my team here real quick and give you my thoughts. So Tyler Stevenson behind the plate, Pete Alonzo, Ozzy Albies, Trey Turner, Raphael Devers at third. Then we have Corbin Carroll, Byron Buxton, and Chris Bryant in the outfield. 
Nick Castellanos and Andrew Vaughn make up my utility spots. My pitchers are Jacob DeGrom, Luis Castillo. Um, we'll start with the starting pitchers. DeGrom, Castillo, Clayton Kershaw, Logan Gilbert, Nick Lodolo, Grayson Rodriguez, Alex Cobb, Reed Detmers, and Edward Cabrera. I'm a pitching-heavy kind of guy. I'd rather bench pitchers than I would bench hitters, especially because I play in a lot of daily changes leagues. That's where my home league has been. That's where a lot of the leagues I've played in are daily changes. If you're putting bents on your benches on your benches on your bats, bats on your benches every single day, you're inevitably missing out. Where if you have a bunch of pitchers on your bench in a daily changes league, you move them to the lineup when they're pitching, you put them back on the bench when they're not. You don't miss any of the value there. You get 100% of the value from those pitchers. If you have a bench bat, the odds are you're getting half of that value, maybe even less, probably less, depending on if they're like a platoon for you or if they're somebody that you just put in when somebody else has a day off. You're missing out on a lot of production that you could have just from great pitchers that are still going to be in the pool, specifically in a shallower league like this. Like You don't need to stockpile hitters, and you could you could you know frame that the other way around. You don't need to stockpile pitchers. You can just have a bunch of hitters on your team. Every day you're benching, you're benching a bunch of production. I just don't see the need to be doing that. Personally, I like to stack the bench with a bunch of pitchers. You get one hitter in there for me and Hunter Renfro. Uh, and I didn't mention my relief pitchers there to conclude. Josh Hader, Ryan Helsley, and Kyle Finnegan. I think Hader's going to give me 35-ish saves. Helsley should be about 25 or so. And then Finnegan, maybe 20. Can I get 80 saves out of this bunch and then stream in some others? I, I think so. Streaming in saves is awful, and you don't really want to do it. And for the most part, I don't think I will. Um you know, Hader, I think, is a really solid base of saves there. We've talked about him at length in the in the relief pitcher re- reviews and previews and all the rest of it. Um, there were so many problems that he had last year. He is human. He had a shitty year. It happens. I feel like he'll very easily shake off the dust and give you, you know, if he give you a sub-2 ERA again next season with like 15 Ks per nine, I would not be surprised. That's just who Josh Hader is, 14, 15 Ks per nine, whatever, whatever it is he usually averages in that range. Helsley, there is guy. There are guys who are behind him who could potentially compete. Giovanni Gallegos has been kind of a popular pick recently inside the top 300. It'll be Helsley's job to lose, but there's also, you know, Gallegos knows how to close as well. It's not like Helsley is 100% secure in this spot for the whole season where a guy, and I mean, I guess no closer is if they really shit the bed. But with Edwin Diaz and Classe and Jordan Romano, Rizella Iglesias, these guys, you know they're going to be the closers for the whole season. With Helsley... I think he is. He should probably be, but it's not a guarantee. So that's something where I think I did as about as well as I could have with saves with Hader and Helsley and Finnegan. But ideally, I'd like to have even a better second closer than Helsley. And a lot of the time, Helsley's going to be your first closer. So I guess there's not much for me to really complain about. I just really like to secure early saves because I hate to stream them. It is it is really a really a pain in the ass. One of the worst parts of fantasy. You're trying to speculate through, and maybe it's, you know, if you're like uh, Greg Jewett or like Mike Carter or Doug Dennis, one of those people who focuses on ballpens, maybe you love doing that. For me personally, I hate doing that, looking ahead at the schedule the next week and say, okay, Miami's got, you know, six games. I'm going to, you know, pick up Tanner Scott and hope for the best. And it's like, oh, my God, that's not what that's not what the fantasy forefathers intended for us to be doing. Um, so try and get yourself closer secured a little bit earlier on. I do love in this draft that I secured the scarce infield positions earlier on because I find that typically I'm struggling for one of them when it comes to like outside the top 100 picks. I'll have first, second, and third. And I'll need short 
or you know some combination of that. And if that's the case where you need short, then that's fine. I took Trey Turner here in the first round, which I had not been doing so far. But you know, pick it from the fifth slot. If he falls to five, that's that's such a great bargain. Otani went ahead. A judge. It was Ramirez and Acuna, I think. At that point, I think you're very, very, uh, very, very happy to take Trey Turner. Devers and Albies, very similarly, um, you know, a little bit different. They're at even worse positions. Uh, those are taken care of for me in the first couple of rounds. Big meet Pete Alonso. He's somebody that I think I will have on a couple teams this year. Um, you know, there's a potential for him to get back to 50 home runs in one of the best lineups in baseball. So uh, there's no need to be staying away. I think the price is reasonable. And getting him where I got him there, I, I think that does generally make sense for Pete Alonso. It was the second round uh, where I was able to get him. I like this team quite a bit. You know, Jacob deGrom is a bit of a wild card, maybe. Yes, he probably is a bit of a wild card. But at the same time, it's Jacob deGrom, you know, getting him in the fourth round. If he is able to have even 110 innings, call it 115 innings, he could he could end up as a first-round return there. So there is some risk, and Byron Buxton later on is obviously a bit of risk. But for the most part, I think I mitigated it with this draft pretty well. Uh, you know, I took mostly fairly safe players in terms of injury risk, aside from DeGrom and Buxton, of course. Uh, Buxton did kind of make that harder claim to stake at the end of this draft. That I drafted a safe team. Well, you got DeGrom and Buxton, and you didn't really draft a safe team at all. But I think I'm happy. Regardless, I think I'll take excuse me, I will take this team pretty happily into the season if I could. Won't be able to do that, but uh, looking back on it, I think I'm pretty happy with this draft. Just looking over the board one more time. Nothing else that I would really change so much. I got the catcher I wanted. I got all the infield pieces I wanted. The outfield is strong. The pitching depth is good. I'm happy. I hope you guys are happy. I hope you enjoyed the show. Again, apologies. My throat is not doing 100% today, so I didn't want to be going on for a whole hour. Uh, This is a bit more of a concise show, and I know a lot of you guys do enjoy hearing me talk my way through a mock draft at the same time. So appreciate you guys hanging out. Check me out over on Twitter at JoeOrico99. That's J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. But more importantly, that's my personal page. Go check out the company page. That's Ethos Fantasy BB. E-T-H-O-S Fantasy BB. That's where you get all the new links to podcasts, articles, different news and notes, and everything we got going on on the baseball side of Sports Ethos. So make sure you guys check it out if you don't like Twitter understandable go check it out on the website at sportsethos.com and hover over the mlb tab i think we have crossed the 20 article threshold in the draft guide there is so much stuff for you guys to look at there i really would recommend it but guys we will see you again tomorrow we'll get back to team previews i promise but until then take care stay safe have a good night and cheers